Hi there. I'm so excited to welcome you to the Arthritis Life Podcast, where we share arthritis life stories and tips for thriving with autoimmune arthritis. My name is Cheryl Crow, and I am passionate about helping people navigate real life with arthritis beyond joint pain. I've been living with rheumatoid arthritis for 20 years, and I'm also a mom, occupational therapist, video creator, support group leader, and I created the Room to Thrive self-management program. I am so excited to help you live a more empowered life with arthritis. We're going to cover everything from kitchen life hacks to navigating the healthcare system to coping with friends who just don't get it. Seriously, no topic is going to be off limits on this podcast. My interviewees and I share our honest stories of how chronic illness affects our lives. This includes discussions about mental health, sex, shame, pregnancy, body image, advocacy, self-acceptance, and so much more. You'll hear stories from all ends of the spectrum, from a person who's living in Medicaid remission from psoriatic arthritis to somebody living with severe mobility restrictions and severe pain from rheumatoid arthritis. You'll hear how people manage their conditions in different ways, like medications, mindfulness, movement, social support, work accommodations, and so much more. You'll also hear from rheumatology experts who just get it. We'll dive deep into the science behind chronic pain and what's the latest evidence for lifestyle changes that can help you thrive with arthritis, including exercise, sleep, nutrition, stress reduction, and more. This is your chance to sit down and chat with a friend who's been there. Ready to figure out how to manage your arthritis life? Let's get started. Okay. Hi. I am so excited to delve into this topic today. It's going to be a little different than our typical episodes. Today, I'm going to be talking all about how Taylor Swift's music relates to the chronic illness experience, my experience specifically, as well as numerous uh, listener voicemails and contributions online. So this is just for me, this is a dream um, topic because it's kind of the combination of two things that I independently love talking about. Um, and I'm making their Venn diagrams overlap, which is I love talking about Taylor Swift's music and deconstructing her lyrics and nerding out about that. And I love talking about, you know, the ways that we cope with our chronic illness, the ways that we find meaning in it and the ways that we can help, you know, live a good life with it. And, um, and so being able to do talk about those things through the lens of her music is really, really exciting to me as a longtime fan. So, you know, um, just as a quick introduction for those of you who hopefully, even if you're not a huge fan of her music historically, I do think that this is, you know, um, still going to be an interesting episode to you because really whether or not you like the way that the lyrics are conveyed through music, she really talks about a lot of universal themes. And the one that that relates for me the most to the chronic illness experience is, you know, wanting something you don't have. It comes to, if you distill it down, it's, I want this, I want X, I don't have it. How am I going to get it? Or, and then, you know, if it's, I want my health to be better and it's not better, I either need to figure out how to make it better or how to cope with it being chronic and not ever getting completely better, right? In the same way, maybe her her song might be about, you know, wanting someone to like you back that you like and wanting to be in a dating relationship, but it's still that sense of yearning for me, at least it's the same, whether it's about wanting a new job, wanting, wanting a new body, wanting a boyfriend, you know, there's just that sense of 
yearning, that sense of desire. And then there's also conversely at times that sense of getting what you thought you wanted and having it maybe not be what you thought or what you hoped. So, um, you know, if she, if she wants something, she doesn't have it and she has feelings about that and, you know, feelings she's entitled to as a human being. And she conveys that sense of, of, I keep saying the word yearning, because it really is that sense of, you know, the sense of tenuous hope when you get what you wanted, hoping that it will last. And, um, there's just a lot that I relate to in that. Um, and you know, in, in today's episode, as I mentioned earlier, I did have people call in and send their listener voicemails for which songs from Taylor Swift's catalog do you relate to due to your chronic illness or which songs help you cope with your chronic illness. As I think a lot of us use music as a coping mechanism, whether that's for like a short-term distraction or that's for, you know, feeling like we're not alone in a moment that might be difficult, realizing other people have been through difficult things too. Um, and so, you know, I'm going to be weaving in and out those listener responses to my own thoughts. I'm just going to explain to you how this is going to be organized because Taylor is a very prolific artist. Okay. She has 10 albums plus a lot of other um, one-off songs she's done for, you know, movie soundtracks, stuff like that. And she's also re-recorded some of her albums, included songs from The Vault. So instead of going through her albums chronologically, I'm going to be going by theme, loosely organized chronologically through the chronic illness experience. So starting with like your initial diagnosis, and maybe I'm going to go through what happened to me, which was initial diagnosis, and then remission, disease being well-controlled, and then the roller coaster of the ups and downs, flare-ups and remissions you know, to this long-term understanding that this is actually chronic and having to accept that. And that, you know, long story short, we, it can be a hard time, but we can survive. That's a little, that's a little, (laughs) um, little clue as to one of the songs that we're going to be talking about. So there's going to be 11 total themes, which is my lucky number. Um, initially I'm going to do 13 themes, but I, um, I wanted to condense it down. And then, you know, this episode is going to be number 113, which if you're a Taylor Swift fan, you know, that's her favorite number. And I will be at times playing little snippets of her songs, but not from her actual original recordings. Cause if you know anything about her, you know, she's very serious about music ownership rights and I never want to break any copyright laws. So I will be playing occasional audio clips from videos that fans have taken at her concerts. I'm including some of my own. So I'm um, before I get started on our first theme, I did want to share a voicemail from Chris Shepard. He is a room to thrive support group graduate. And he had a really interesting, I thought reflection on what is the role of music, you know, in our chronic illness journey. So let's listen to that. Thanks Cheryl for this amazing first prompt um, for the Arthritis Life podcast. It's such a great thing to get everybody's voice on here. And of course you'll sample through our rumblings and our ramblings and our ruminations and, and pick our voices out. But I think that that there's something really neat that you're going to be able to incorporate all these different voices into one episode in the same way that all different people can be in a room listening to a concert at the same time or millions, billions of us around the planet can be listening to the same song at different times. I certainly think music plays a key role 
in our healing and our community uh, in Room to Thrive and, and just across the sort of health advocacy and uh, peer-to-peer support space. It's something that, that we can always do in a moment to give ourselves a boost, no matter if things are going great or things are going poorly. There's rarely that moment that you can't add some music and have things go a little better. I really, really appreciated Chris's you know thoughtfulness and reflections. And so I'm going to go ahead and get started with our first theme of 11, which is the validation, the relief, getting your diagnosis. So I'm calling this theme Enchanted, which is the title of one of her songs. I'm going to play a little clip from Enchanted, one of the live versions. So Enchanted, it's just, it's a very sweet, very simple song. I relate it to that experience of getting your diagnosis because for me, I had been very medically gaslit, as I have mentioned numerous times on the podcast before. And so I, it was truly a like knocked me off my feet, positive experience to have a doctor that looked at me and was validated me and said, no, you you actually have something wrong. You have an autoimmune disease. Like, I believe you. I'm listening to you. I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, yes. Like, I will follow you wherever you go. Like, the lyrics on here is, you know, um, you know, this night is sparkling. Don't you let it go. And I'm wonderstruck dancing all the way home. It just goes to that feeling of, you know, it's, I talked earlier about a lot of her songs are about yearning for something, wanting it, not getting it. Then in this case, it's actually, you know, I'm, I feel this happy, bubbly feeling, even though technically in the song, she didn't actually get with the person. So I think it just, again, it captures that hopefulness, that, you know, optimism, that excitement in, you know, when you get that validation of your diagnosis. Enchanted, I meant to say, is from Speak Now, um, her third album. King of My Heart is from her sixth album, Reputation. I love this song. And I had the fortune, good fortune of seeing it live in Seattle back in, I don't even know, 2017 or something like that. And there's a part, and this is actually one of my very first TikToks I ever made, is um, there's a part where she goes, is this the end of all the endings? My broken bones are mending with all these nights we're spending. Now, in this case, she's using broken bones, like metaphorically, but in the case of getting your diagnosis, it's another song I relate to because it's like, is this the end of all the endings? Like I went to all these other doctors. They all blew me off. They all said I was just anxious, not sick. And so is this the end, getting a diagnosis in some ways is the end of these endings of the other relationships with doctors that didn't go well and the, and they were all dead ends um, to play on words of the word ending. And so, you know, saying, wow, I've, I've, I've reached this thing. I reached this diagnosis. Now at the time, all I wanted was a diagnosis and treatment plan, of course, as we age and things change you, then you, you change what you wanted, right? I want now, once I got my diagnosis pretty soon, I changed the benchmark for what I wanted. I wanted 
something more, but, um, for that brief moment, those brief weeks after my diagnosis, that sense of hope was just really beautiful. Um, the third song, there's just three for this theme is Holy Ground, which is a real fan favorite. Um, I would say, you know, I'm really a lyrics person as you will find when you're listening to this episode or watching it on YouTube. Um, I will deconstruct lyrics all day long. I'm actually going to have to like hold myself back. So this episode isn't like nine hours long, but Holy Ground is actually one where I think it's just the overall vibe of the song that really captures that hope and optimism at the, in the early days for me. So I'm going to play you a little clip of Holy Ground, which is from her uh, fourth album, Red. Um, so I just, I feel like that's a very innocent stage, um, not to have a foreshadow for a future song, but there's a future song called Innocent. Um, and, you know, it, it's just, it's an enchanting, it's a beautiful time for me, at least it was getting my initial diagnosis. I know for other people, it was traumatic and it, you know, it just goes to show that we each have, you know, we all have different experiences. So theme two is going to be another kind of positive happy note enjoy these while they are here because the rest of them are more up and down but theme two is sparks fly when um for me it was during my medicated remission so when we figured out how to manage my rheumatoid arthritis and my anxiety through medication things were going well and I was in what's called medicated remission for rheumatoid arthritis. So I had no joint swelling, no joint pain, no morning stiffness. My blood markers were looking really good. And I was like, this is good. I kind of thought it was going to last forever. Um, unfortunately, that didn't end up happening. So, but let's let's just go into that stage while we're here. So Sparks Fly is a song that uh, Taylor Swift wrote on her third album, Speak Now. And it's just really, really sweet. I'm not, I'm not gonna play clips of every single song because again, it would take too long, but it just it just talks about a honeymoon phase in a relationship. You know, it's like uh, the little refrain that keeps coming back is drop everything now, meet me in the pouring rain, which being someone from Seattle, I, I relate to that on a literal level, but also it's like, you know, you just get that impulsive stage where you're like, this is great. Like, again, you believe it's going to last forever um, and you're happy. So um, the other song I really relate to that in the, those earlier stages is I Forgot That You Existed. <laughs> so that's the first uh, track on Lover, her seventh album. And it just goes, I forgot that you existed. And it's for me, it's kind of about you're feeling so good that you almost forget about all the bad times. Like in this case, I had two really bad years that preceded my rheumatoid arthritis diagnosis. And once I started getting treated and was feeling better, I just didn't even want to think about those bad times anymore. I almost forgot that they existed. This is kind of what I thought would be. In, when I first got diagnosed, this would be the whole journey was, you know, I got my diagnosis. Yay. Sparks fly. I'm in a good treatment plan. Yay. And that does happen to some people. Um, but the majority of us end up having an up and down experience. Um, you know, we go through flare-ups and remissions, flare-ups and remissions in a chronic fashion. And that's why it's considered a chronic illness. So theme three 
is I put under the umbrella of the Taylor Swift song Haunted, which is the a song she wrote on Speak Now, her third album. The other way I would describe this theme is I had it and then I lost it what happened? <laughs> it's about, you know, having something, you finally got what you wanted and then it is gone and you don't know why or how or how to get it back. And for me, that's about, you know, my, my chronic illness experience. Let's go listen to a little clip of Haunted from the Speak Now tour. So some of us fans would like to call this like Baby Taylor. This was back when she was still, I believe, either a teenager or in her very early 20s. absolutely must watch this video clip of her singing haunted um on her concert it is the most dramatic thing i've ever seen and i love it um most dramatic thing until the uh don't blame me look what you made me do transition on the heiress tour of course but anyway back to this song so to look at it from a lyrics perspective she says Come on, come on, don't leave me like this. I thought I had you figured out. That is a part that I really relate to um, because that's what it's like having a chronic illness, at least for me and many people in my Room to Thrive support groups. You figure it out. You figure out what your triggers are and then your body changes. It's actually a lot like parenting. We were talking about that the other day in one of the support groups where it's like, you're like, okay, I figured out like how to get my baby to go to sleep. And then your baby changes. They go through a sleep regression or something like that. It's the same with your um, with your relationship to your body. So for me, I feel this sense of haunting a lot. I'm haunted by you know this constant background noise of, well, if I had done this X Y Z, if I had slept better, if I had eaten better, if I had exercised more, would this flare up have not occurred? Or is this just one of those flare ups of pain and fatigue that was just destined to occur you know a butter i like to joke a butterfly flapped its wings in asia and then i get a flare-up like sometimes the flare-ups are completely out of your control and random other times there's something that you where you can determine a specific trigger that is under your control and prevent the flare-up in the future and at the end of the day it's often hard to distinguish right which flare-ups are are which especially when you haven't done anything really extreme in an everyday basis, there's always so many factors swirling around. It's just this haunting feeling of why did this happen? And there's also on a more meta level, a why did this condition happen to me? Trying to make sense of something that's inherently senseless. So I would say the first stage of this Theme three is haunted. The first stage of being haunted is just the shock, like the shock and the desperation of like, no, 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 no. I had this figured out. Come back. You know, I, I often say it's like in the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result, but also it makes you feel insane to do the same thing and get a different result. So I took my medicine plus lifestyle, got remission. And then I did the same exact medicine, same exact lifestyle. Now I'm in a flare up. This doesn't make sense. So trying to make sense of it in that pain and desperation is kind of that first stage. The second stage is anger. Cause you're like, okay, well 
regardless of why this happened, now I realize it's it's happening. This is happening. I'm flaring. And I'm not happy about this. Um, so I think the song also from Speak Now, the story of us, the lyric that they keep coming back to, that she keeps coming back to, is um, the story of us looks a lot like a tragedy now. And so, you know, that to me, it's like, to put really simply, you know, my experience with my first medication I took that put me into that medicated remission, that was like the love story. Like, this is it. This is my happy ever after. I'm just going to take this medicine the rest of my life and do, you know, the things I could do to, with my lifestyle again, like managing stress and, you know, exercise and stuff like that. Um, this is my plan. I have a plan. It's working. I'm going to keep doing this. I got it. You know, I have this under control. That's my love story <laughs> with my first medication. And then the story of us is like when that love story does not have the happy ending, you know, you, you, then you have to contend with that anger and be like, why, why did this happen? The third stage is sadness. Like, okay, this condition is, in my case, is not going to be as simple to manage this as I thought. And I'm sad about that, <laughs> allowing myself to have my feelings. I absolutely love the song, Right Where You Left Me, which is actually a bonus track from Evermore, which is her ninth album, the last one before Midnight's. It's her second pandemic album. In the case of Chronic Illness, I relate to it because it, it talks about being frozen in time and, you know, she says, did you ever hear about the girl who got frozen? Time went on for everyone, everybody else. She won't know it. She's still 23 inside her fantasy, how it was supposed to be. And again, I think in the song, it's probably meant to be interpreted as like maybe a love story that went wrong where, you know, she's supposed to end up with this person. They're supposed to have their happily ever after. And in the case of my health issues, it's like, you know, I was 21 when I was diagnosed, 21. And let's just say 21. She's still 21 inside her fantasy. It's how it was supposed to be. Okay. It doesn't rhyme, but and like, I had my life planned out. You know, I was athletic. I was on the soccer team. I was taking care of myself. I never did drugs or smoked or anything. And this is how it's supposed to be. Good things happen to good people. Now I'm saying that that was what I felt at the time that this was a just world, you know, the just world hypothesis is like good things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. I was operating under this assumption that if I did good things to my body, treated my body like a machine, I often thought of my body like a machine because I was an athlete and I was feeding my body good fuel and I was running around and getting strong. And, you know, I just felt this is okay. This is going to go great. I'm, you know, three of my four grandparents lived to their nineties, like 94, all three of them. So I'm like, this is going to be my life, you know, and then getting diagnosed with a chronic condition that's associated with a reduction in lifespan um, is really, was really sad, you know? And I think it's something that I didn't really allow myself to grieve at first. Cause I was, you know, I was, I think operating under a sense of like toxic positivity, like, well, at least I can do this. At least I can do that. And it's true that it, I can balance gratitude for what I still have with, I, I can feel grateful for what I still have, but I don't want to use that gratitude in a sense of, or in a way that smothers my ability to process the negative feelings or the uncomfortable feelings like sadness. If you have ever felt completely lost or utterly alone while trying to navigate real life with rheumatic disease, listen up, I am here for you. I created an educational program to help you go from overwhelmed to confident, supported and connected in a matter of weeks. 
and it's called Room to Thrive. After earning a master's in occupational therapy and completing hundreds of hours of additional training, I created a step-by-step guide to help you truly thrive with rheumatic disease. This is the only program I know of that's designed to improve quality of life for people living with inflammatory, autoimmune forms of arthritis, like rheumatoid arthritis, psoriatic arthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis, Sjogren's disease, and more. During the self-paced lessons, you'll learn how to manage pain and fatigue, cope with stress, navigate relationships, and continue doing the things that matter to you and bring you joy. The goal is really to help you improve your quality of life and learn how to thrive with your rheumatic disease right now, rather than waiting for a distant day when it might be cured or healed. I really created the down-to-earth, practical, heartfelt resource I wish I had had when I was first diagnosed at age 20. If you want even more in-depth support, you can join the 12-week Room to Thrive virtual support group where you'll be surrounded by people who actually get what you're going through, people who will provide the encouragement, validation, and support that you deserve. Each group is expertly moderated, so you don't have to worry about the kind of misinformation that spreads like wildfire in the free-for-all social media groups. If you're on the fence, don't just take my word for it. Here's what Katie had to say in March 2023. I was lost and overwhelmed with my RA diagnosis. It felt overwhelming to know what to read, what to do, how to spend my energy trying to research on the internet. Room to Thrive did that for me. It's been like getting a crash course in my diagnosis along with a community who gets it. To see all the details, including the dates for the next support groups, go to the link in the show notes or bit.ly slash thrive room with a capital T and capital R. You can also just email me anytime at info at myarthritislife.net. And don't delay if you're interested because each group is capped at 16 people or less in order to make a small, intimate group atmosphere. Thanks so much for your time. And I can't wait to get started with the next groups. And I can't wait for those of you who are interested in the self-paced option to go ahead and join that at any time. Bye-bye for now. So stage four of this haunting is the yearning for resolution, yearning, wanting that black and white answer. Um, I absolutely adore the song Epiphany, which I was so, I was shocked to learn Epiphany. It's from Folklore, uh, her eighth album, the first one on, uh, in the pandemic. I was shocked when I learned that that was like a lot of people's least favorite song. I think um, I really recommend if you're interested in it, listen to the version on the album because it's there's something about the instrumentation. I'm a lyrics person in many in many ways, as you'll see in how I'm talking about these songs. But um, I I do respond to like the vibes of the song. I don't know. I don't have the language, the musical know how to describe why um, that song. Like it does something to my brain waves. It makes me relaxed to hear that song. Um, it really captures that yearning. I know it seems weird to be relaxed and yearning at the same time, but somehow it, it works for me. We're going to listen to a little clip of Epiphany, the version from the Long Pond Studio Sessions, a live recording she did. Only 20 minutes to sleep, but you dream of song epiphany. Just one single glimpse of relief to make some sense of what you see. 
So that's just a very beautiful song. And it, that part, we know only 20 minutes to sleep, but you dream of some epiphany, just a single glimpse of relief to make some sense of what you've seen. I think that's really a stage where you're you're yearning for a resolution. You're yearning for the black and white answer, for the certainty of how to cope with your condition, how to how to control your inflammation and control your autoimmune disease. And, um, you know, epiphany, um, we'll never know exactly what Taylor's songs are, you know, quote, quote, actually written about. I think she is obviously an artist whose art was, you know, like most artists is meant to be interpreted in different ways by, you know, by the observer of the art. But I think um, there are many in the song epiphany, um, which came out again during the pandemic, there are some strong analogies to specifically it's probably the first song we're talking about um like that has lyrics that relate directly to chronic illness or or acute illness you know they um she says something med school did not cover someone's daughter someone's mother hold your hand through plastic now doc i think she's crashing out and some things you just can't speak about and um it's you know, I, we know um, that her, we as the fans know that her mom had brain cancer. And so it's potentially that she is, you know, drawing an analogy to that or processing that experience or trying to depict experience many people had during the pandemic and have to this day with um, loving someone through um, really serious illness. So that part only 20 minutes to sleep, but you dream of some epiphany, just one single glimpse of relief to make some sense of what you've seen. It's like to make some sense again, I'm this yearning I have of, well, I'm waiting for someone for myself to experience. I'm waiting for the epiphany of like, this is, it all makes sense now. Like this is why I got rheumatoid arthritis and this is how I can manage it. And, you know, eventually we're going to get to the point where we accept that there is no black and white there is no but at this stage we're not accepting that yet we're trying we're yearning for it so um in the same way and the song hits different which is like i don't even know what we'd consider that like a bonus kind of late bonus track for a lover um where she says i trace the evidence make it make some sense why the wound is still bleeding it's like such a great great bridge she's the queen of bridges i mean that's a great kind of yearning you know trace the evidence make it make some sense you know a lot of us we have to find this balance. We want to tra- track our symptoms. We want to find patterns. And we talk about this a lot in my Room to Thrive, you know, education program and support group where it's a, it is a helpful tool to track your symptoms, to find patterns. But also there is going to be a point where you cannot have complete certainty in most cases. So we have to be able to cope with that. Um, the same thing, this, there's just really cute song, Come Back, Be Here. You know, it's like, guess you're in London today. I don't want to miss you this way. Come back, be here. Oh my God, I cannot sing. My name's Cheryl Crow. People are always asking me to sing. And it's like this, I, I have all these other, other talents. Like I can dance. I can play sports. I can do all these things. But singing is not my best talent. Um, but I do sing all the time. I do like singing, but it's not like my, I can tell my voice is not like the most beautiful. So I'm not, I'm not fishing for compliments. I'm just saying. Um, so, you know, the comeback be here is just like very, very literally talking about like wanting something back, right? Wanting something back that you used to have. And that is an experience a lot of us have with chronic illness, wanting 
either wanting our first remission back, wanting an, a stage of our life where our condition was easier to manage, wanting that back, or wanting our health, our pre-illness body back, you know? So we are now on theme four, which is this is me trying, which um, is about the alienation or the social effects, feeling alone, feeling like people don't understand you, that is so common for people with chronic illness, especially invisible illness, things that people can't tell from the outside what you're going through. So the first part of this, the first sub theme that I've grouped, I've grouped the songs into little sub themes and themes because otherwise I would just be rambling all day, um, is, you know, friends not understanding. And that's uh, unfortunately friends or family not understanding, I should say. And that's something that comes up a lot. Um, in our first listener email, uh, Cindy wrote that this is me trying. It was something she related to that she wishes her friends understood that what she's doing right now is trying. It's almost like you don't get, people often say, um, people with chronic illness say, you know, we're not faking being, we're not faking being sick. We're faking being well, meaning it takes a lot of energy to, to appear quote unquote normal. Um, when you are as sick as many people are with autoimmune diseases. So the song, this is me trying is from folklore, her uh, Taylor Swift's eighth album. And it is, um, it is about this. So let's listen to a little bit of the chorus of this is me trying. This is a, from the, uh, a fan that videoed it at the Eros tour. Oh, that's such a beautiful song. Yeah. And I think a lot of us who have chronic illness feel like we wish that the people in our lives knew that this is me trying. This is not me. You know, if I ask for an accommodation, this is not me asking for special treatment. This is me asking for equitable treatment to, to bring my experience to the level of someone else who doesn't have my condition. You know, we're not asking for favors. We're just asking to be treated in the way that is required for our bodies, you know? And I think that that's just hard to feel it. A lot of people don't feel like they're being given the benefit of the doubt to be hundred percent honest. I feel very lucky that that hasn't been my personal experiences a lot, but I definitely after facilitating, you know, hundreds of people in the support groups over the last four years, it's definitely the norm. Um, the other uh, listener contribution here um, is a uh, text-based uh, response from Megan. She wrote that she really likes the song, I Did Something Bad, which I love that song too, from um, Reputation. And she's, this is what she wrote about what that song means to her. She says, a Taylor Swift song that helps me cope with chronic illness is I Did Something Bad. I guess it's reverse psychology because how many how of how yeah, because of how many uneducated or just ignorant people in general tell us not to take the scary meds or try to convince us which treatments we should take for our health and they think that what we are doing is wrong. It's kind of like we know what we're doing is right for us and our bodies and our health. We are the one dealing with the symptoms, flares and side effects regardless of what other people say. So I, I love that. Um, I also think just on a very 
basic notes, um, the song Mean from Speak Now. Um, that's one where she goes like, someday I'll be living in a big old city and all you're ever going to be is mean. Um, that really relates to like societal ableism. Now, I think it's it's a very, it's a little bit of a tongue in cheek song. I mean, of course, I would hope that through education, people in society would be able to overcome their ableism and be better, you know, know better, do better. But um, so the song mean is technically saying like all you're ever going to be, no matter what, you're going to be mean. But um, but it's that feeling of processing their frustration and disappointment in other people not being as kind and empathetic as we wish they would be. Um, the other social effect I want to address through Taylor Swift's songs is trying to fit in or masking, which is where um, you try to appear able-bodied so that you'll fit in with your peers. This happens a lot with like younger people, especially. Um, there's a song called Mirror Ball that's really sweet um, and really, very bittersweet, I should say. And, you know, she says, you know, I want you to know that I'm a mirror ball. I can change everything about me to fit in. Um, I, you know, I'm still on that trapeze. I'm still trying everything to keep you looking at me. And I think that's just, you know, something that, again, a lot of people with chronic illness can, can relate to. Maybe you're, you're changing what part of the mirror ball is showing to others so that you're, you're hiding what you're really going through because uh, you don't want to have to explain it one more time. Um, I also find a really interesting article on the website, The Mighty, by somebody who has juvenile idiopathic arthritis. She was writing that she loves the song by Taylor Swift, um, Tied Together with a Smile. Her name is Chelsea Gilchrist. She says, you know, with Tied Together with a Smile, you know, when she heard Tied Together with a Smile, she remembers being 13 year years old and thinking, holy crap, I am not alone. Someone gets it. From that day on, I have been the biggest Taylor Swift supporter I can be. And she continues to help me through my worst days by putting into words things I never could. The song is so sweet, but she, um, in the song, she goes, hold on, baby, you're losing it. The water's high, you're jumping into it. Basically say, letting it go and no one knows that you cry, but you don't tell anyone that you might not be the golden one. And you're tied together with a smile, but you're coming undone. So it's talking about kind of, again, trying to put on a brave face, a happy face. This happens a lot with younger people, like teens and kids with arthritis that are told, it's like, you're a warrior, you can be brave, you can, you can do all these things. And they get a lot of positive reinforcement when they appear to be brave and appear to be positive. But deep down, they're wanting someone to recognize that this is painful. I can try to look at the bright side, but also I want my pain to be acknowledged. Two more things, two more sub-themes of this theme number four of the social effects are um, feeling like you're not good enough. You know, and this comes from internalized ableism and also just comes from being human. I think it's a pretty common experience to feel like we're not enough for someone or fearing like you're in a relationship and you're afraid that person's going to leave you for whatever reason or that, that you love them more than they love you. And there is not a better song for this than the song Tolerate It by Taylor Swift, which is one of the most devastating, perfect songs I've ever heard. And I... I'm a happy person who loves sad songs. Um, I don't know what it is, but I really love sad songs. And so this is a really sad, really devastating song that I listen to a lot. And um, 
And I see this happen a lot where people settle for less than what they deserve. And because they're afraid no one else is going to love them through their difficulties. No one else is going to love you or put up, quote unquote, put up with your health issues. So I'm going to play you a little clip from Tolerate It from the Heiress Tour, the live version. know my love should be celebrated, but you tolerate it. It's just the worst feeling in the world. Um, the other song that I think relates to this topic is Eyes Open, which is what she sang. She wrote the song for the uh, Hunger Games soundtrack a, a, a while ago, I think over 10 years ago. And um, which says, everybody's waiting for you to break down. Everybody's watching to see the fallout, even when you're sleeping, sleeping, keep your eyes open. It's kind of that feeling of like the other shoe is about to drop, you know, um, and that your friends might be walking on eggshells around you. You feel like they're walking around on eggshells around you because of your chronic illness. And on the one hand, it's a complicated, these are all complicated feelings, right? Because you want your friends to understand what you're going through and validate you and accommodate you, but you also don't want to feel like that's the only thing that they're thinking about when it comes to you. So it's complicated. That could be, that's just the, uh, the shortening of this whole episode to be, it's complicated. Um, so the other, the last song I want to talk about, I love this song. It's called electric touch. It was a vault track from the speak now Taylor's version. And I think it just related to trying to date some you know, date as someone with a disability. Cause it, um, there's a part where she goes, um, or just honestly, just relates to just trying to date someone in general, that kind of tenuous hope you have at the beginning of a relationship. Uh, but it's, I was thinking just, it goes like, I was thinking just one time, like all it takes is to get it right. Just one time. Like they're saying, like, I've sometimes tell people in the support group, like you don't need every single person in the world to understand your condition. You just need the people that are important to you too. Right. And so, but you're like, like, is there going to be, all I need is one person. All I need is one person to get it, but am I going to find that person? So that's, that's the end of theme four, which is again, the social navigating the social effects of having a chronic illness and how Taylor Swift songs relate to that. Um, theme five is called death by a thousand cuts. That's a song from lover, her seventh album. And that is, this theme is about the um, confronting the external barriers and being frustrated at the forces outside of your control. So in the case of chronic illness, no surprise, this is going to be about kind of systemic issues you encounter navigating healthcare systems, whether it's in the United States where I live or other places and, um, you know, navigating health insurance in, in the United States specifically. So death by a thousand cuts talks about, you know, that's a, that's a phrase that means like, you know, you, you keep getting these small injuries over and over and over again, repeatedly and over time, it, it kills you. And in this case, it's not literally killing you. It could be actually in the American healthcare system, but it also could be 
just killing your spirit and taking away some of your energy. So Death by a Thousand Cuts has a really great bridge. I'm going to play it for you now because I think it just really, it's like that. It really captures to me that compounding of all the things on top of each other, calling the insurance, calling, you know, having to advocate for yourself every step of the way to get the care that you deserve and how exhausting that is. There's also, you know, the sadness and anger that people have to process through these, you know, moral injuries, I've heard them called, you know, I think the song Dear John from Speak Now, she talks about, you know, I don't you think I was too young to be messed with? I feel like that, that feeling of like, I didn't deserve this feels to me the same as having to confront these unethical um, in my opinion, um, insurance barriers like fail first therapies where you have to first fail the, the cheaper drugs before the insurance companies will pay for the more expensive medications. Um, on a kind of more petty level <clears throat> from reputation, there's a song called This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. You know, if we had less wealth disparity in the United States and less of a profit-driven healthcare system, we could have nice things, but we can't because you're greedy. So um, there's also The Great War. Um, it's a bonus 3 a.m. track from the album Midnights that she put out a couple years ago. And there's a part where she goes, you know, it turned into something bigger somewhere, somewhere in the haze. Got a sense I've been betrayed. You know, so like being betrayed. I'm betrayed by this, you know, not treating me very fairly. So um, there's a part in the song where she also goes, you know, there's no morning glory. It was war. It wasn't fair. So just kind of having to slowly over time accept this just the way it is. All right. So theme six is it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. This was actually one that a lot of the listener voicemails and uh, contributions on social media were pointing to that. Uh, that is a line from anti-hero, the song from Midnight's. So this is where we are, you know, through Taylor Swift songs, coping with the fact that with an autoimmune disease, it is your body, me, um, that is the problem. Actually, your own immune cells are going rogue and attacking your previously healthy joints um, and to other tissues in your body systemically in the case of inflammatory arthritis. And it's really a, a strange feeling. Um, I had a Twitter comment from Dr. Coogie Edens. She said um, she also relates the song Antihero to prednisone. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. So I think she's talking about how a lot of people talk about prednisone being a um, like definitely a necessary evil at times because it has so many positive effects on inflammation, but also can be have a lot of side effects um, that are like, you know, uh, difficulty sleeping, agitation, no quote unquote, roid rage, anxiety. Um, also uh, on Twitter, Katie is the illest said, same. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me remind, you know, related to having a chronic illness. And so I'm also going to include here a voicemail from Chris, who is talking about what antihero means to him in a very thoughtful way. I chose antihero. Um, I'm sure a lot of people chose that song and I had to Google antihero and, and realize it's not a villain. It's an unconventional hero, which I think we could say is potentially shorthand for a disabled person or any kind of minority or alternative uh, perspective. And I think when she asked the question, 
it must be exhausting always rooting for the anti-hero. I, I hear two sides to that question. One side is um, the world's made for heroes. It's not made for anti-heroes. It's not made for people who are different, for disabled people. And so it is exhausting. But I also hear kind of a second question in there to sort of say, hey, like there are things that sometimes we do for ourselves, to ourselves that are exhausting. And and, and sometimes we ourselves are being the anti-hero in this way that we're choosing to be quirky and choosing to buck the system, whatever it is. And sometimes it can be kind of um, freeing and empowering to be like, you know what? I'm going to stop fighting for a moment and just be a regular hero and not have to be this funky, crazy, cool Taylor anti-hero. Um, but I think probably a lot of people hear that song and think it's anti-hero's villain, but it's it's not a villain. It's, it's another kind of hero. Um, last spring when we concluded our Room to Thrive course and I rewrote the song lyrics to anti-hero because I thought it would be a fun thing for us to think about and sing about um, changing it from anti-hero to anti-inflammation. It must be exhausting, always rooting for the anti-inflammation, which is what we're doing, those of us with autoimmune disease. Um, but it turns out, according to Google, you've you've been thinking about this song quite a lot. Um, another song on the same lines of anti-hero and It's Me, Hi, I'm the Problem, It's Me, is also um, bad blood. So on Instagram, um, bzmapm123 said, my son and I both agree bad blood by Taylor Swift because we have bad blood with our arthritis. So I think they are talking about how, you know, you have, you have rogue cells in your own body. So, and along the same line of, you know, I'm the problem, it's me. Something that happens sometimes with a chronic ongoing illness is that we have to live with the consequences of our own actions. Sometimes we know the quote unquote, the right thing to do for our body and we don't do it because either something else is more important or we just make a mistake or we are maybe being a little bit delulu as the kids say, delusional, thinking, that, oh, it's fine. I'll go on a four mile hike. That happened to me a couple of years ago. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, I, this is going to cause a huge flare up. So um, the regret we might feel when maybe we made a bad choice and maybe we are part of the problem. I like the song Gold Rush from Evermore. And she has just some absolutely beautiful poetic lyrics in Gold Rush. But one of them is, I don't like that falling feels like flying till the bone crush, which is like, um, well, her, the, the, the chorus is like, I don't like a gold rush, gold rush. So she's talking about how like, in this case, she's talking about, I think like falling in love and how falling feels like flying till the bone crush is so beautiful because it's like, it feels great until the consequence comes in, which is in the case of falling, you hit the ground. Right. And then, um, you know, in the case of maybe, you know, sometimes we choose with chronic illness to just quote unquote, like live your life for a little bit and pretend that you don't have your illness, maybe pretend that you don't have those limitations. And then you eventually suffer the consequence. Um, another one, I think the art, the song, the archer is really stunning and beautiful. Um, I think the heartbeat part of it is, is absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, the, the line in the archer is that I've been the archer. I've been the prey. Um, 
who could ever leave me, darling, who could stay. But so that, that actually who could leave me, who could stay relates to like relationships and stuff. But I'm the, I've been the archer. I've been the prey kind of makes me think about how like my own body is the problem, but it's also the cure eventually. Um, hopefully it'll be the thing that reaches homeostasis. And also the archer kind of relates to this tenuous hope of like, you know, will, you know, um, will someone stay with you through all the ups and downs? So again, that, that kind of goes in both categories, the social category theme four, but also um, theme six. So the next theme is theme seven, which is actually the title part of the title. The inspiration for the title of this episode, 113 is, are we out of the woods? So this theme of living with chronic illness is coping with uncertainty the fact that, you know, we have a, we're going to have a roller coaster of hope and let down good and bad and to learning how to ride those ups and downs rather than fighting them is like a skill that takes a long time. So, um, are we out of the woods yet? I'm going to play you a quick snippet of the song. It is from her fifth album, 1989. That was a live version of out of the woods where she, well, she was actually singing, is it over now from the 1989 vault tracks? Um, but she smashed it up with out of the woods. So, you know, it's interesting. I actually found a blog post I had written in 2015. I remembered writing this. It was my chronic illness playlist, um, on my, the enthusiastic life.com blog. And, but I talked about how, um, out of the, out of the woods really resonates with me as a kind of a chronic illness anthem, um, because it, you know, it's a constant question in the back of my head, you know, are my, are we out of the woods? Are things, is, is the worst behind me? Was that the worst I'll ever have to go through? Or is it going to get worse again? Um, you know, uh, this is what I wrote in the 2015, 2015 Cheryl, <laughs> which is, you know, almost 10 years ago. Um, you know, it's a constant question. Are my hopes too high or low? Is this as good as it gets? Many people with chronic illness can identify with the repetitive pulsing question. Are we out of the woods yet? One of the hardest aspects for me to manage about rheumatoid arthritis is not knowing when I'm truly out of the woods. Even if my medication is working, I don't know whether or when it will stop. Many of the most effective biologic medications work well for a few years, and then the body's immune system adapts to them and you have to try another one. This has happened to me once already. Well, that was in 2015. Now I'm on my fifth biologic, so it's happened more. So, you know, are we out of the woods yet? Are we out of the woods yet? It's it's a very repetitive song, lyric-wise, but it's because it's it it captures that kind of frantic background noise in your head when you live with a chronic illness. Um, and then Is It Over Now is a kind of a sister song, um, not only chord wise and lyric wise, but is it over now is a song she wrote around the same time frame, but didn't release until this year. Um, which is saying, is it over, you know, when, 
she's talking about a relationship i presume um that's how i interpret the lyrics that you know there's a there's a an on again off again relationship that's up and down up and down and at some point you you realize you never you didn't know when it was actually over until you have you know many years of retrospect is kind of how i see it but um so you know the uncertainty of chronic illness can be similar where you're not like some people have asked me well, how do you even know if you're in a flare-up? I mean, first of all, it depends on how you define flare-up. Some people define it as a short period of worsening of symptoms. Other people define it as longer. But if I'm thinking about, am I in a flare-up that's going to be bad enough to where I need to change my medications? It's usually not clear in the first couple of weeks. It's, it's clear as time goes on. If the trajectory continues getting to be worse over time, then I know I'm in a sustained flare-up. But at the time when it's happening to me, I don't know whether that's just going to be a little blip, like a little day or one week long blip of worsening symptoms that then comes back to my quote unquote normal. So long story short, we have a lot of uncertainty we have to, you know, cope with. Um, another sub theme to this theme seven of Aubrey Out of the Woods is, you know, realizing that there are things that are going to be out of your control. Like I mentioned earlier, sometimes you do everything right. And you still flare up, you still get pain or fatigue and hoping with the fact that you wish it was more in your control. There's that cute um, song she has called, if this was a movie, like come back, come back, come back to me like you would, you would, if this were a movie, you know, and saying like, we have these archetypes or these stories we grew up reading, right. And listening to and watching and, and in the movies, it's like the hero overcomes the obstacle. Right. And so, you know, if it's kind of like that just world hypothesis I talked about earlier, if that if I could just, you know, if, if this was a movie, I would conquer my rheumatoid arthritis, but it's not. So in the same way, there's also the song White Horse from Fearless, where she says, I'm not a princess, this ain't a fairy tale. Like, it's like, this is, you know, realizing that you're not you're in real life. You're not in, in a fairy tale. And, um, and that can be uncomfortable, not surprisingly to have to accept, um, or not even just accept, just confront. Um, the next sub theme is bracing yourself for pain at the first sign of a flare up, or maybe trying to reassure yourself. If you're, again, you're not really sure what part of the roller coaster you're on when you're on it. Um, but when you have a certain period of time, when you start feeling worse, you're like, okay, this is going into a flare up. Um, the song exile, it's, it's, it's a duet by the way. And it, there's a line where she says, you know, I think I've seen this film before and I didn't like the ending. And that emphasizes again, that this is a chronic up and down thing. So I'm going to play you a little clip of exile.
That song brings tears to my eyes, especially the version she it is a duet, but this version she did solo in LA. And it's just, it's so the whole thing is absolutely beautiful. But no, so not the lyrics I relate to are not only the I think I've seen this film before, I didn't like the ending, but also um, all this time, we always walked a very thin line. I really feel that like, I feel like a lot of times, those of us with chronic illness feel that way with our health. Like we're walking this fine line, like between like, this is okay. I am okay. I'm functioning, you know, where you kind of feel like you're just on the hairy edge of it being too much for you to bear too much to cope with. So, you know, on the more serious, this is kind of getting into the more serious, somber, you know, sad songs. There's an absolutely gorgeous one on lover called soon you'll get better you know, is about maybe kind of trying to reassure yourself that someone might get better or that you'll yourself get better because of the time this was written. We know that her mom had cancer and, and that this song is kind of about saying, you know, soon you'll get better because you have to, like, it's kind of a plan words of you'll get better soon, like get better soon. I see this as trying to convince yourself that the person's going to get better soon, but in the back of your head, um, being haunted by this idea that it might actually not get better. Like she says, like, you know, I, I know delusion when I see it in the mirror, you like the nicer nurses, you make the best of a bad deal. I just pretend it isn't real. And it's just a really beautiful, beautiful song. Um, the other one is afterglow, um, which is from lover also, she says like, She's she's wanting reassurance and wanting clarity from her lover. And um, you know, she's saying, like, tell me it'll be just fine. Tell me. Da, 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 da. She's like saying, basically lie to me, <laughs> you know, tell me it's gonna be okay. And that's kind of how we feel sometimes with having a chronic illness. Like on the one hand, I work so hard on acceptance and accepting the ups and downs and the uncertainties, but sometimes I just want someone to tell me it's gonna be okay and that you're gonna get better, right? Um, there's also on the other side. When you're on that part of the roller coaster where things are starting to get better than your baseline, not like better as a permanent state, but um, they've been bad and now they're not as bad. Um, there's this tenuous sense of hope. I think Taylor's does a that's probably one of my favorite things about her lyricism and her songs is that she captures that that tenuous hope and that yearning and longing. Um, in her voice. And there's in the song Ivy from Evermore, one of my favorite albums, you know, she talks about like, you know, I live and die for moments that we stole on begged and borrowed time. There's again, this feeling when you have a chronic illness that like whenever you have good times, you're on borrowed time because this other shoe might drop at any moment. And, you know, she talks about my pain fits in the palm of your freezing hand. I just think that's really beautiful imagery. I can't, I can't stop you putting roots in my dreamland, my house of stone, your ivy grows, and now I'm covered in you. It's so, it's so beautiful. It's about, I think the song taken literally is about she's in a relationship with someone and that person is putting roots in her dreamland. And she maybe used to be stony. She used to be, you know, have her walls closed off and now the ivy's growing over her and she's covered in this person. But I also think that hope can be like that when you're starting to feel a little better and you're like, oh, it's like I told my I kind of was resigned to this difficult state with my health. But now the hope is growing over my house like like Ivy. Another song on the lines of tenuous hope would be dancing with our hands tied. 
Um, that's just a beautiful image to start off with, but she's talking about, you know, a relationship where you're still dancing, still enjoying it, even though you know that there's some fundament, something fundamentally wrong in the situation. Like our hands are tied, but we're still going to try to dance. I wrote down in my notes for this, you know, song, trying to enjoy the good times, despite a sense of dread in the pit of your stomach. And, you know, also maybe delicate, the song delicate is to me all about uncertainty. Like, is it cool that I said all that? Is it chill that you're in my head? Cause I know that it's delicate, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? It's she just uses that same kind of repetition that she uses in out of the woods. Like, is it cool that I said all that? Is it chill that you're in my, you know, it's like, um, these repetitive questions we ask ourselves, like remission is delicate, you know, any state where we're starting to feel a little bit better and starting to feel hope feels delicate. I think at least for me with chronic illness, um, a song I really think is beautiful is treacherous from red. Um, you know, this hope, I mean, listen to this imagery, you know, this hope is treacherous. This daydream is dangerous. Um, and then she goes, I, I, I like it, but I just think, I think it's beautiful. And on the same, you know, kind of wistful, tenuous hope, I would say Cornelia Street as well. And then Cruel Summer. And Cru Cruel Summer kind of is upbeat feeling of us. When you feel the, you know, you hear the way that it sounds, you're like, it do, 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 do. you know, you're like, woo, we're dancing. This is fun. But, you know, it's actually about this sense of like, um, this is a very bittersweet thing because like, I'm saying it's cool. That's what I tell them. No rules in breakable heaven, but it's a cruel summer with you. It's saying like, I don't know whether this is going to last. I want it to last, but I don't know if this is about to come crashing down. The other kind of two songs I wanted to mention on this, um, topic of are we out of the woods yet would be foolish one, which is a speak now vault track speak now being her third album. And it's kind of about feeling foolish for when you thought you found like the one you thought you found your one treatment that was going to actually, uh, you know, make your life so much easier. And then it, it doesn't work anymore. Um, there's a very foolish feeling we can all have. So that's that one. And then last one would be blank space, which kind of captures the love hate relationship with our medications. Um, so room Barbie on Twitter, Dr. Noel Alicia said, you know, the entire chorus and parts of the verses of blank space speak to the love hate relationship between refractory inflammatory arthritis and DMARDS disease modifying anti-rheumatic drugs. So it's going to be forever or it's going to go down in flames. You can tell me when it's over, if the high was worth in the pain. Yeah, I think that's great. And then Lisa T rumor rhymes said, you know, got a long list of X treatments. They'll tell you I'm insane or refractory. Love it. So I thought that was a fun conversation. So the eighth theme, we have some more songs coming up is when I was drowning, that's when I could finally breathe. So this is what I would call allowing myself finally to feel my feelings and, you know, understanding that the only way out is through. So this, when I was drowning, that's when I could finally breathe is a lyric from the song clean, which is in the album 1989. One way to look at it is when you hit rock bottom, that's when you finally are able to figure out what's, you know, you finally able to get clarity and know what's important to you. And in the case of chronic illness, I look at it as truly understanding, like when I allowed myself to 
truly feel all my feelings about my diagnosis, about my health, then like I, and that was really uncomfortable and distressing in which I did in the context of therapy, by the way. Um, but only when I was really truly allowed myself to feel it, was I able to quote unquote breathe? Was I able to see the possibilities that were still in my life and understand that I can cope with this is almost like the more there's a saying in therapy that which we resist persists when I allowed myself to feel bad is when I could finally feel good it's very paradoxical like all the acceptance and commitment therapy stuff um the other part of this is again really working on acceptance um and really understanding that I may, I might be going through cycles of grief. The grief isn't just a one-time thing. It's a, something that I might be processing in different ways the whole rest of my life. And I really love the song Labyrinth. Labyrinth is from the album Midnights. And I'm going to play a little clip of it from the Eras tour. that song is so beautiful. And, you know, there's a couple of parts I relate to. One is I'll be getting over you my whole life. It's a funny saying, I'll be getting over you my whole life. Meaning like, usually you say I'm over someone, like that's a date, right? There's a time when that is achieved. But when you say getting over you is like the a verb, like the process of getting over someone is going to take your whole life. And in this case, it's the process of understanding that this this thing that, you know, for the first 20 years of my life, I didn't really have a schema for a chronic illness and um, that I'd be able to keep living probably a long-ish life if I'm lucky. It's not like I'm getting, I didn't get cancer and die. It's that I have this thing that is affecting my life the rest of my life. And it's just not looking the way that I thought it would. And that's just something I have to contend with the rest of my life. It'll affect me in different ways. You know, it affected me differently as a 22 year old as it, that it does as a 42 year old, you know? So I also love the phrase, I thought the plane was going down. How'd you turn it right around? Because that also on the more positive note or the more happier note relates to the idea that, you know, oh, well, I thought this was going to be a bit, you know, a horrible thing. And actually I'm, I've learned and I'm still in the process of learning how to still thrive and have a good life with it, you know, so holding those two truths together, um, in the same, you know, on the same line of thought of ex learning to accept your feelings and the ups and downs. I also think Maroon is a great song for that. It's about kind of contending with the legacy of, of a loss and the same, and the same way you're losing me when Maroon is from midnights, um, you're losing me is a kind of a vaulty track. Um, it's, we thought a cure would come through in time. Now I fear it won't. Remember looking at this room, we loved it because of the light. Now I just sit in the dark and wonder if it's time. I'm getting tired even for a phoenix always rising from the ashes, kind of saying like, this is hard. It's hard to keep going. It's hard to 
keep rising from the ashes all the time. But I would say the but in this case would just be, but we do it. <laughs> we do it even when it's hard. Um, the other dimension of this, you know, theme number eight is grieving what you took for granted and what you've, you know, what you've lost. I think back to December is a beautiful song from Speak Now about, I go back to December all the time is when she kind of goes back on her mind to a period of time when she wished she made a different choice. And I think a lot of us regret, and I'll say I regret taking my health for granted, you know, when I have, when I was, you know, more perfectly able-bodied. Um, the same, in the same token, you know, allowing yourself to grieve the old you all too well is a great example of, you know, the, especially the 10 minute version, you know, we're saying, I remember it all too well. I remember when th- the good old days, if if you're someone like me who had uh, the blessing of having, you know, uh, numerous years of good health before you got your chronic illness diagnosis. I also think Marjorie has a great um, theme of grieving what you've lost. You know, I should have asked you questions. I should have asked you how to be same thing of like, I should have, I should have done more. I should have run that marathon or done that thing. I always thought my body would be able to do. And I'm going to put in here also a voicemail from Lisa, who is Ruma rhyme on, on Twitter. She's going to talk about, um, how the song death by a thousand cuts relates for her as well. Hi. So I'm Lisa. And um, the first song that popped into my head uh, on the TS question is probably Death by a Thousand Cuts. So um, I've got a really bad right knee, but the right knee due to osteoarthritis. Um, But this was brought about by an accident um, many years ago. So after developing... Um, severe osteoarthritis, I kind of stopped doing a lot of my old activities from dancing. And that kind of um, sent me spiraling into into really bad depression. And um, it took me a while to get um, to get over that. So uh, I, I guess for many patients as well, when you get the first diagnosis, it kind of feels like the world is crumbling down and it's it it really needs a lot of help for for you to get back to get back on your feet and do the things that you love to do um from way back then thank you so much isa for that um contribution about death by a thousand cuts and i definitely you know have noticed that's a major theme in what people are grieving um in in how their inflammatory arthritis has affected their life or their osteoarthritis in your case you know having to grieve not being able to do the things that you used to be able to do or just not being able to do them the way that you used to be able to do the other two kind of sub themes under theme nine when i was drowning that's when i could finally breathe you know when we allow ourselves to finally feel our feelings is not wanting to grow up and not wanting to have to be the CEO of your care team and acknowledging that that is, that there is a level of responsibility that comes with that. And there also is a level of power, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. At some point, especially people like me who were diagnosed when they were younger, like 20, I wasn't a child, but I was still at a stage when my parents were really involved in my care. And at a certain point, you realize 
not to allude ahead to you're on your own kid, but you do realize you're on your own. There's a really sweet song from Speak Now called Never Grow Up, where she just talks, Taylor talks about not ever wanting to grow up, you know, um, and Emma from Instagram at odds and M also said that she would, she relates this song to her journey. She said, you know, reflecting on childhood and all the changes since, in, in her case, since the album's previous release. But um, in the case of me, I would say, you know, wanting to stay innocent, wanting to stay little you know she said we could still be little in the song it's a really sweet song one of the lines is i won't let nobody hurt you no one's gonna no one's gonna bring you down no one can desert you just try to never grow up it's kind of like that sense of wanting wanting things to be simple um and as part of growing up is knowing that they are not things are complicated immune systems are complicated human bodies are complicated relationships are complicated it's all complicated. And sometimes you just want to go back to being a child where things were more simple. The other one is kind of a resignation, feeling resigned to what's out of your control, tinged with hopefulness. So maybe these are um, some themes that are kind of overlapping from previous ones, but I really love the song August. I think it has such a wistful vibe to it. And it, it, August is, you know, ostensibly talking about a relationship that kind of slipped away from the person's fingers. They talk about, you know, she talks about August slipped away like a moment in time because you are never mine. To, and in the song is, you know, again, ostensibly about a relationship. You had this beautiful moment of time in August and then it slipped away and now, it, now you don't have it anymore. And that to me is that ephemeral quality kind of relates at times to me being wistful about my health, about, you know, oh, I was in... I was in remission for that period and wasn't that a beautiful time. And, you know, I have to kind of say, wow, it's not here and it's not there anymore. I'm not in that. I, I don't have that right now. And instead of being like extremely distraught, I can just kind of um, appreciate it from afar. That's my interpretation. Um, another one, I really love the song Wildest Dreams. She has a line there, like I can see the end as it begins. And I'm going to... um. I'm going to play you a clip of it, actually. She talks about grieving something before it's even ending, before it has even ended. It's like she's writing, this is her, from her sixth album, 1989. She's writing from this perspective of understanding that a lot of good things come to an end. And she's being maybe a little bit more jaded now, right? Because earlier it was like all about hope and yay, you know, I'm in love. Everything's going to be great. It's going to be a love story. Now she, it's like she knows better. She's trying to give herself a little bit of a protective shell by saying, I know it's going to end. Like I can see the end as it begins. And so it's a bit about being present and being saying, you know, I, I want to hold on to these beautiful moments while they last, knowing that they might not be here forever. And that's something that I, as somebody living with rheumatoid arthritis, 
you know, again, a chronic illness that has lots of ups and downs. I've had to learn how to just, there's a, a sense of doom sometimes it's kind of underneath everything like, oh no, this remission might not last this. I'm having a good day, but what if tomorrow's worse? But then you have to sometimes redirect yourself to just say, well, can I just, can I just enjoy the beauty of this moment right now? Um, the other one is Suburban Legends. I love this song. This is a vault track that came out in 2023. When I say vault track, I should have mentioned earlier, that's where she had songs that she never released initially. And when she was doing the re-recording, she now has them out. So they're kind of like bonus songs. And um, TikTok on the clock, I paced on the block. I broke my own heart because you were too polite to do it. And waves crash to the shore. I dash to the door. You don't knock anymore. And I always knew it. I love that part. It's a bit of a feeling of, um, or I'm going to break my own heart and stop this thing before it can go any further because I know you're not going to do that. And it's almost like that relationship with your body in a, in a weird way. You break your own heart by lowering your expectations, like by accepting slowly over time that you're not in total control of your body. And, um, you know, and you like, like where she says waves crash to the shore, I dash to the door, you don't knock anymore. And I always knew it kind of saying, again, you're getting more mature now. You're understanding that there are things out of your control. So on a, on a different note, theme nine is look what you made me do, losing your innocence, finding your voice and becoming an advocate. This is a less kind of, I want to say internal part. And it's more about like, hey, I've been hurt and now I'm going to turn that pain into my purpose and I'm going to do something about this situation. And the situation is this is more of like a meta point about understanding the systemic barriers to your happiness and um, and also the individual barriers and kind of saying, okay, I, I could feel like all the stuff was taken away from me and I'm going to allow myself to feel sad about that, but I'm also going to allow myself to feel angry and do something about it. So the first one is just about the losing your innocence and dear John is um, from, from the speak now album. It is absolutely beautiful, a gutting song about, you know, looking back on a relationship and realizing with, with what you know now, how wrong that was. And, and to me, it's, really relates to losing your innocence in terms of, I used to think that the healthcare system was really designed to help people. I used to, I, now I see that there's a lot of, there's a lot of negative things out there that are barriers to me getting the kind of care that I feel like I deserve. So let's listen to a little bit of Dear John. So we're going to talk a lot more about turning your pain into advocacy as well. I think Dear John is about processing the pain and accepting that, you know, maybe this was something you could have foreseen that was going to happen. But I think, you know, Speak Now just as a track, as a title is about learning that you do have a voice. The second song that I just think not necessarily in a direct lyric sense, but in a vibe sense. Uh, look at what you made me do. 
is a song that really captures like I just want to strut to that song and it reminds me of going to Washington DC our nation's capital and also my state capital Olympia Washington and advocating for better access to medications uh, uh, advocating against unethical insurance barriers to patient care from both occupational therapist perspective and their rheumatoid arthritis patient perspective and it's like look what you made me do like in the sense of you you could have made this beautiful. Like you could have made this system work, but you chose not to. And so now I have no choice but to advocate. Um, and what I'm saying, you, I'm talking about the insurance companies. Um, I know there's other systemic issues too. The other song I love to relate to this is New Romantics when she says, I can build a castle out of all the bricks they threw at me. It's like, again, feeling that empowerment to say like, okay, shit happened to me and I'm going to then take all that and make something beautiful from it, make a better world. It's very inspiring. Um, the other one that's it's just a gutting song. It's so sad, but also relates directly to advocacy for me is look at how my tears ricochet. I'm going to play you a little clip from that. So if you are a Taylor fan, My Tears Ricochet has a lot of different interpretations and meanings. Literal sense, my tears are ricocheting to you, saying the pain that you caused me is now ricocheting off of me and now turning into your tears. So I'm going to take my the pain that you caused me and make you hurt now. And, um, and you know, sounds a little vindictive in the case, though, for me of social justice and advocating for a better healthcare system, my tears ricochet is saying, you know, look, you, you deny me these medications only. The only reason <laughs> is to line your pocket as an insurance company. That's going to hurt you now. I'm going to advocate and make a better system where you're going to have to actually provide quality care. So, or you're going to have to, um, what's the word? Reimburse quality care. The other, the the layer that I haven't seen very many people talk about, but immediately came to my mind when I heard this song the first time is Taylor is one of her very first songs that ever got played on the radio and they got popular is called Teardrops on My Guitar. Now, in this case, she's not just talking about like a romantic relationship. She's talking about the relationship between her and her record company, which there's a long story for that. You can find multiple articles online, but basically her masters got sold um, without her having a chance to buy them. And so she's saying, you know, my tears, the teardrops on my guitar, the, these masters I originally thought I was going to be able to own, it's it's now ricocheting back to cause you pain because I'm re-recording all of my masters now. And she first wrote about teardrops on my guitar, which is a really sweet, very simple song. You know, he's the reason for the teardrops on my guitar. Like, talking about a boy and now she's saying my tears ricochet like all of she says there's a line um from what I, the clip i just sent where she goes you know when you can't sleep at night you hear my stolen lullabies and 
it's just really beautiful. So that is that is another song that for me relates directly to like the chronic illness experience of like becoming an advocate and trying to do something about all these, um, the moral injury, you know, they say there's a moral injury to working in the healthcare system with all these broken aspects of it. It's also a moral injury that patients experience when they're like, I, my doctor told me I need this medicine and I can't get it because the insurance company, which I pay into is saying that I need to take the cheaper medicine first. Like, how does this make any sense? So um, the other, there's just three quick songs I'm going to mention that are just literally, I just wrote here, petty and they're petty songs, but just there's sometimes you just get mad and you want to process that. So picture to burn. This is one of the ones she wrote when she was littler. Like it's about, you know, saying you're just another picture to burn and better than revenge. And then there's a particular line in end game from reputation that I really like, like where she goes, and I bury hatchets, but I keep maps of where I put them. And talks about, you know, like she's saying, maybe I'll bury the hatchet, but I'm going to keep a map of where that is. I'm going to keep the receipts. I know I'm keeping track of what you've done to me kind of thing. So um, the other, the last part of this theme, theme nine of, again, losing your innocence, but finding your voice and becoming an advocate is kind of back to the emotional journey of going from kind of hopeful and naive to skeptical and, and more jaded. So this one would have, could have, should have. Um, I'm going to play a clip of that from live from the Eros tour, but it is about, you know, um, it's 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 a about processing like all the things that maybe you you would have done if you had known better, and about losing losing your innocence. I'm going to play a clip. That song is one of my absolute favorites. It's so sad. The part that she, I don't uh, know if you could hear it really clearly, but she goes, you know, God rest my soul. I miss who I used to be. The tomb won't close. Stained glass windows in my mind. I regret you all the time. And then um, I can't let this go. I fight with you in my sleep. The wound won't close. I keep on waiting for a sign. I regret you all the time. And then she goes, if clarity's in death, then why won't this die? Years of tearing down our banners, you and I, living for the thrill of hitting you where it hurts. Give me back my girlhood. It was mine first. So I would imagine this is about a relationship, you know, where you really grew up in ways that are not very happy. <laughs> And, you know, I, uh, I relate to this when I think about, you know, I miss the person who used to believe that, again, that it was simple. It was, you know, like that never grow up song, you know, um, 
it, it would always be simple. I missed when it felt simple. I could just, you know, when you get a owie, you go to the doctor, the doctor makes it better. You know, the systems are a lot more complicated and that's part of growing up. And, you know, for me, I also recognize I had privilege to have so much faith in the healthcare system and in, you know, grownups and in people that treat me well for most of my life until I had that first experience of medical gaslighting. I was extremely lucky not to have to learn these lessons earlier, but, um, but, you know, that's just, that's just beautiful imagery in, in that song. And it's a good one to listen to if you're just kind of like mad and regretful and sad. It, it helps you process that. Um, so there's two themes left. Thank you for those. I'm like, who is actually still listening at this point? Because um, it must be the diehard fans. But theme 10 is state of grace. This is on a more positive note. Just talking about the chronic illness community. And that's been probably the best thing that's come out of um, my 20 years of having rheumatoid arthritis is connecting to other people and making deep friendships, supporting each other, developing supportive communities, joining supportive communities, you know, like Room to Thrive. And I made that community because I knew the power of connections and um, and the power of feeling like you're not the only one going through something. I mean, I think in a, in a more meta way, that's kind of what music does too, right? Someone puts this stuff to words and to music and you realize, wow, I'm not the only one. So let's listen to State of Grace. I know it's a little hard to hear from these live recordings, um, but I'm trying to be respectful and not use the originals. But she says, you know, I never saw you coming and I'll never be the same. This is a state of grace. This is the worthwhile fight. Love is a ruthless game unless you play it good and right. And so to me, I just like that phrase state of grace. It's like the grace. It reminds me of the grace that we have for each other. The people who live with chronic illness who connect either online or in person or in virtual groups never saw you coming like i never when i got diagnosed i always thought it was going to be like an internal thing that i'm dealing with on my own and i didn't really anticipate being able to make these wonderful connections so um and of course basically any of the love songs you know that, that talk about that feeling of relief and that feeling of being seen that feeling of being known are are great like gorgeous from reputation i love that song it's just a fun bop it's like um you know you're so gorgeous i can't say anything to your face because look at your face <laughs> it's so silly and then um it also does i i i sometimes you know have to process i think all of those of us on social media have to process you know there is also jealousy within the community and sometimes that's just something we have to deal with you know there's one part where i um made a little TikTok video where I was talking about like, you know, the lyric, you make me so happy. It turns back to sad. There's nothing I hate more than what I can't have. You are so gorgeous. It makes me so mad. Sometimes you make friends with someone and then it's like, oh, well, then they're in remission. They're doing well and you're not. It's, you know, that's part of it. That's part of the complexity of human relationships. But mostly that song just relates to me, like just that happy feeling of finding somebody who you just want to support and that you connect with. Also long live. That's kind of the 
anthem of a lot of the Taylor Swift fans. It's like, long live the magic we made. I had the time of my life fighting dragons with you. You know, it's just really sweet imagery. And it's just a um, represents to me that feeling of finding that heartfelt support and finding people who just get it. The uh, last one I want to mention for this theme is New Year's Day. So it's talking about, you know, I want your midnights, but I'll be cleaning up bottles with you on New Year's Day saying, you know, I'll be with you through the good times and the bad, which I think is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Okay, we have arrived at our last theme, my lucky number 11 on episode 13, Taylor Swift's lucky number, all about the Taylor Swift songs that are helping us cope with inflammatory arthritis and chronic illness. So that this theme I am calling long story short, I survived and acceptance, self-compassion, and a tenuous new hope. So I've talked a lot about this in the past that initially when you get diagnosed, there's the hope that you you pin all your hopes typically on to uh, a way to cure or heal your condition. And through time, a more sustainable hope or helpful hope to me has been a hope that I can weather the storms. I can weather the ups and downs. I can thrive in the midst of things not going perfectly all the time. Um, that is a more sustainable again, and helpful sense of hope than a hope that I'm going to achieve this end point. And I think if you look at Taylor Swift's body of work, you know, she writes about a lot more than quote unquote, just love story, love songs and relationship songs. But if you think about her earlier years where it seemed like the destination we're aiming for is the happy ever after, right, is settling down. And that's in a, in a similar way with chronic illness. The destination you're looking for is quote unquote, figuring out my condition, making it go away, healing it, you know, controlling it in some way. And then the long, the more sustainable thing long term is saying, what if I can, what if I can live in the moment, live in the ups and downs, be present with it from like a mindfulness and self-compassion standpoint and say that I, I have strength now to get through whatever life hands me, whether I get my happy ending or not. So, um, you know, I think one of the songs that I've mentioned the word innocence a lot of times, I'm going to actually now play a clip from the song Innocent. And for me, Innocent is about really reconnecting to my body and appreciating my body, even though my body is also maybe turning against me a little bit and having an autoimmune disease, realizing that, you know, I love, I still love my body despite its limits. So let's listen to a clip from Innocent. I just really love the imagery in that song. Your st your string of lights is still my bright to me. Oh, who you are is not what you've been. You're still an innocent. So again, it's about accepting and loving your body even with its limits. That's how I interpret that. And next we have a voicemail from Amy where she talks about loving 
uh, the song Shake It Off and having that relate to her chronic illness experience. Hey, Cheryl. It's Amy. I was calling to tell you that the my Taylor Swift song that's helped me cope with my autoimmune arthritis is Shake It Off because, you know, stuff just happens and you just have to shake it off and deal with it. Okay, so your medication quit working. Shake it off. What's the next step? You wake up one morning, your elbow doesn't bend. What are you going to do? You're going to shake it off and figure out what you can do to make it feel better that day, whether it's a brace or a heating pad or ice or uh, a TENS machine, whatever works. So shake it off is my song. Thanks for asking me. Bye. Thank you so much, Amy, for sharing that. I love shake it off as well. Um, the other one that kind of relates to this idea of I, I can do this, I can shake it off, I can cope with all of this is um, mastermind. To me, I relate mastermind actually to my own process of, you know, becoming an occupational therapist, being looking through the research really in depth and figuring out, you know, how the, the evidence-based tools to manage the condition, to reduce pain, reduce fatigue, you know, and, and I don't want my whole life to be about that, but I want to feel empowered to have a toolbox to manage my symptoms. And so master, I just love the song mastermind this, you know, about her saying I'm a mastermind, like, um, you know, none of it was accidental. Um, and she talks about like, you know, I'm a mastermind and now you're mine. But I actually relate that to the me developing the Room to Thrive program as well, the self-paced curriculum and the support group, um, because it is a really empowering experience to take all of the lessons you've learned and take all the research you've done and put it into something that can help others. The other, the other part that I wanted to delve into more for our last theme is is just the straight up acceptance. So I love the song um, Evermore. Let's listen to a clip from Evermore now. Now it's a duet like Exile, but she's saying it a lot uh, solo during the Eras tour.
So she's saying, you know, I've talked a lot in this podcast, 113 episodes of this podcast about uncertainty and being able to tolerate uncertainty rather than just looking for certainty. And and in this case, she's saying, you know, I couldn't be sure, but I had a feeling so peculiar this pain wouldn't be forevermore. And it's it's a very peaceful song. Like she goes through this, um, or at the end, it ends up being in a very peaceful place. Although in the middle, you know, you can hear that, you know, I'm on waves out being tossed. Is there a line that I could just go across? You know, and when I was shipwrecked, I thought of you. It's talking about you going through all this stuff and then you're coming out the other side. And it doesn't mean that that's going to last forever, but that maybe you're going to be able to cope with it no matter what. Um, the next one is Daylight. I just absolutely love this song, um, I, especially the original production from Lover. One of the choruses is, you know, I once believed love would be burning red, but it's golden, kind of saying like I once, to me it relates to I once be, once believed that I had to be in a perfect disease control state in order to be happy, in order to have peace. But um, actually now I know it's different. It's not red. Red is like the black or white answers. It's it's golden. And like daylight, it is something that is um, maybe... I love actually relates to this quote at sunrise everything is luminous but not clear you can love completely without complete understanding um that's a beautiful quote i think about a lot too being able to kind of revel in the luminous beautiful moments of life even when you don't have all the answers i think that's huge for me um i mentioned the word peace a few times there is a song called peace that i love cindy emailed me and said that she relates to peace due to her chronic illness and there's a um, a chorus that says, would it be enough if I could ever give you peace or if I could never give you peace saying like in, in terms of relationships, like, would it be enough if I'm, if for you, if my health is going to be a chronic issue, you know? And, um, for me, it's also, would it be enough if I'll never have all the answers? And for a long time, I kind of was like, no, I need to find the answers. I need to talk to another doctor, talk to another person, read another book open another tab on my computer and then realize, wait, no, it actually, I can have peace with the unanswered questions. I have to, because no matter how much I learn about rheumatoid arthritis, no matter how many scientific advancements there are, until there's a cure, there's going to be uncertainties out there. I can be at peace even if my body isn't perfectly at peace, if that makes sense. Um, Long Story Short, I Survived. That's my title of this theme. And there's a song called Long Story Short on the album Evermore where she just goes, you know, long story short, it was a bad time. Long story short, I survived. And I repeat that to myself a lot. You know, you can survive, basically. Um, and I also love just a little phrase from everything has changed. She says, you know, all I know is a newfound grace. I just think that's really beautiful. And it, the phrase newfound grace, for me, relates to this great, the sense of acceptance and tolerating uncertainty for me versus, again, fighting it. Um, I also love the song Breathe. I can't breathe without you, but I have to. It um, really, it to me, reminds me of how it's like, I have to live with and accept certainty, even if it feels like I can't. You know, she's saying, I have to breathe. I feel like I can't breathe without you, but I have to, slash, and I will. Um, you're on your own kid is one that lots of people have related to when I've talked about this in my Instagram stories before. That's from the album Midnights. And, you know, it's about how at the end of the day, you are the only 
guaranteed constant in your life, you know, and it can be very isolating, but also can be empowering to be like, you're on, you've been on your own kid. You've made it through, you've made it through a hundred percent of your worst days. And, you know, you can face this. She says, you're on your own kid. You can face this. Dr. Jean Liu, who's a room cat on Twitter mentioned that this one relates to her as well. So I'm actually going to, you know, end with um, another podcast, a voicemail or listener voicemail from Chris Shepard. The last thing I'll say about Taylor, that's really moved me is her use of language and uh switched on pop is a podcast that i like to listen to to think about music more and they have some great episodes about taylor you may want to check out um and looking at her incredible ability just as a lyricist and a poet and the person she really reminds me of is amanda gorman and so you can compare some of those lyrics from um anti-hero with some of the lyrics from The Hill We Climb, the poem by um, uh, Amanda Gorman, just to think about a few lines from that. That even as we grieved, we grew. That even as we hurt, we hoped. That even as we tired, we tried. It can never be permanently defeated in this truth, in this faith we trust. For while we have our eyes on the future, history has its eyes on us. I just want to thank you all again, anyone who got to the end of this um, podcast. It's been really, really fun for me to delve into all of Taylor Swift's, you know, catalog and figure out how I, have, I think about that stuff all the time, like when I'm in the car or in the shower or whatever, you know, putting it actually all together in one coherent ish list, you know, how her songs relate to chronic illness, how they help me and others cope with chronic illness, how we, they help people feel seen or how they just relate to the music. It's a really, um, it's a really, it's been fun. And um, I, you know, look forward to maybe it'll be a part two when I, she comes out with, you know, even more albums. But for now, I will say uh, goodbye for now. And let me know if you have any thoughts to this episode. You can always comment on social media, you know, Instagram, I'm on all of them. Um, and, or you can send me a message at info at myarthritislife.net. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Arthritis Life podcast. This episode is brought to you by Room to Thrive, an educational program I created from scratch to help you go from overwhelmed to confident, supported, and connected in a matter of weeks. You can go through the pre-recorded course on your own, or you can take the course along with a support group. Learn more at the link in my show notes, or you can always go to www.myarthritislife.net. And if you like this podcast, I would be so honored if you took the time to rate and review it. I also encourage you to share it with anyone you know who might benefit from it. I also wanted to remind you that you can find full transcripts, videos, and detailed show notes with hyperlinks for each episode on my website, www.myarthritislife.net. If you have any ideas for future episodes, or if you want to share your story or wisdom on the podcast, just shoot me an email at info at myarthritislife.net. I can't wait to hear from you.